trying to get a shot. Score! It's Patrick Elias with 2.32 left in the third. And the Devils have taken a 2-1 lead. Here's Grossman with a wrist shot and Bodor snatches it out of midair. Here's 88. Lindros makes the move. And Lindros is powered down to the ice by Scott Stevens. What is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, Trey Matthews. It's Friday, everybody. It's almost the weekend, and what better way to start off your weekend than to be talking about the New Jersey Devils? If you didn't check out yesterday's episode, I basically break down one of the Devils' worst games, in my opinion, from this past season, which was the 7-2 loss to the Sabres, because the Sabres weren't all that good. The reason for me doing that was because I appeared on Locked On Sabres, and I just decided to analyze that game because that was what me sneaky joe and jordan were talking about guest starred in a crossover episode on locked on sabers so please give that a listen to the link to that is in the description of the last episode so yeah that was a pretty fun day for me that was also sort of a prelude to what i will be doing once the regular season starts rolling around again for the devils i will show some highlights of the game and break down what went right what went wrong And so, yeah, if you guys like that, just give me good feedback. And if you don't like it, feel free to say, try something else. So that was just something that was on my mind. Of course, that is subject to change because the regular season isn't until, um, let's see, when is it? December or January. So I have time to think about it, but that's just one of the ideas I had. I'm pretty sure I'm going to have more ideas, but you get the point. All right, now back to business. So if you hadn't heard already, one, you've been living under a rock, but uh, if you hadn't heard already for real, Lindy Ruff will be the next head coach for the New Jersey Devils. I've already expressed how I feel about this and how most of New Jersey feels about this in last Friday's episode, which was titled A Rough Signing. So earlier this week, I said we are going to look at one of his press conferences, break it down, and I'm going to give you my initial reactions, and hopefully we'll see what happens. Hopefully he can lead this team out of the gutter. I don't personally think so, but you know what? I've been wrong before, so let's see. Let's give it a listen. Obviously, this press conference happened virtually. It's on YouTube if you want to check it out yourself because obviously with this whole pandemic, they're not going to have a an event like that with a lot of people in such a tight area. So especially with how old Lindy Ruff is. So I'm going to get one of the videos and I'm going to break it down and give you guys my personal opinion on it. But first, I must do this since it's Friday. I want to have fun. And plus, this is my show. I can do whatever the hell I want on my show. I'm going to show you Travis Zajac's reaction to this signing. He's one of our alternate captains. Here's what he had to say about the hiring of Lindy Ruff. No, not really. I think I I try and prepare the same way I've prepared, you know, seasons before, and just that's just uh, you know controlling what you can control and come to camp and uh, be in great shape. Uh, you know, excited for the new year. And I think, you know, with this uh, with Lindy, now we have some direction going into the off season and and into camp here, and it's definitely bringing some excitement to this team. So basically, the reporter asked Zajac if his mentality changes when a new coach is hired, and. He gave a very generic answer, which is, you know, he has to just control what he can control, stay in shape, and just roll the dice to see what this coach can do. 
Yes, it brings some sort of excitement to New Jersey, but maybe not the excitement you want because, as you know, last week my excitedness was in a sort of negative way towards him. So we just got to see what we could do. We can only control what we could control. We can only show up to the Prudential Center once they start allowing fans back in and just see what this Devils team can do. So, uh, man, it like I said, I, I know I've repeated myself a lot. It's pretty disappointing that they couldn't get Coach Gallant or Coach Lavi. Uh, someone else just Zajac also stated earlier in the interview that they have a young team with not much experience because you can't teach a newborn puppy old dog tricks as I've stated and use that phrase use that phrase kids use that phrase you can't teach a newborn puppy old dog tricks but we'll see what happens and now let's react to some of the answers coach Ruff gave to some of the reporters the interview that I'm about to break down is Lindy Ruff discussing with Devils reporter Amanda Stein this is courtesy of the New Jersey Devils on YouTube right into it because here's a role for you where you're joining a team with a lot of young talent is that something that really enticed you in wanting to take on this role and transforming a team yeah, you know, I've coached several teams that uh, we started out very young. Uh, you know, expectations were were unknown. And, you know, going through the conversations with Tom, who has a great handle on, on the type of talent we have and the players that are coming, uh, got a great understanding of uh, what some of this young talent can do. I was excited. Uh, I was really excited about uh, our conversations and, and the fact that really seeing that him and I really hit it off right from the start. So I guess there's the partial answer as to why he was hired. I guess they hit it off really well. I guess Tom Fitzgerald just felt a great sense of connection with Lindy Ruff. I'm, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not in Fitzgerald's head. But um, if Ruff does have a good sense of what this young talent is, then I beg of you, Ruff, please, if you are listening to this, please, if you don't listen to anything else I say, we know you like to run a two-way system, but just look back to your Dallas tenure. Why do you think you were fired so quickly after just four years? Yes, you made the playoffs twice, but they saw what you were setting their team up for, especially how you were handling their captain, Jamie Benn. You really slowed down his growth and development as a player, so that's why they had to give you the old-fashioned boot. So when you see this roster... Do not convert them to two-way players, okay? That's not what our young offensive threats need. Offense is not our problem. Just focus on the defensive players and try to make them better defensive players. If you didn't watch my episode yesterday, you can realistically beat a team two to nothing. But if you give up seven goals, that's unacceptable. You just got to start blaming the defense a little bit. I know Blackwood is a rookie as well. But still, there's only so much he can do. So the defense has really got to tighten up if we want any success. So when you see this roster, focus on the defensive players and not our young offensive threats and don't try to make them two-way players. That doesn't work. When you look at the type of team with the the type of team you want to have with the talent that is on the current roster, what does that look like to you? Well, I really like a team that plays with with a lot of energy that you know, we create a lot of puck pressure. We don't allow the other team a, a lot of time to execute, to to get into, you know, set systems or set plays. It's probably confronting the puck as much as we possibly can uh, based on where the puck is at on the ice. And, 
And then when we have the puck, uh, to play the game with a lot of speed and and get to places quicker than the other the other team. And I think that I've been on teams where a lot of time you can outquick them. You can you can make that extra play and create that extra chance, whether it's one or two a period. So I agree with what Ruff is saying for the first portion of this answer, which is I feel like this team does have a lot of energy, and I feel like we do have great potential. But here's where I'm starting to see the red flag, in my brain at least. Remember in the rough episode I was telling you about last Friday, where his defense doesn't really work in today's NHL? Well, allow me to re-explain it to you. So what I believe Ruff is referring to is his adequate zone defense, which doesn't work anymore. His system mostly has players defend in a box, trying to take away the slot and force other teams to the perimeter. Defenders really only aggressively pursue the puck in the corners. What Look what happened to the Rangers uh, the past few years. Their defensive numbers just have been progressively been getting worse ever since he's been at the helm. So a lot of shots get taken away from this type of game planning and they routinely walk in to make scoring plays. In my opinion, you can't play a system that's that passive anymore. You need to play a little more aggressively. So I really hope he uses that devil's energy to his advantage so that way they could just play a little bit more aggressive. It just leaves points wide open he also likes north-south breakouts, chip plays up the boards, which really waste players who can make stretch passes and skate the puck effectively. So when he's talking about speed, please use that in a different mindset or manipulate it and use it in a different way that fits today's NHL. That's my opinion. I mean, that's certainly interesting when it comes to this team and so many players who, you know, you're going into a locker room where some of the younger players, that you'll be their third head coach and they haven't even been in the room or, you know, in the locker room for a full season yet. So what excites you about your uh, ability to learn with this young group? Well, I, I think that the excitement starts with, with Tom, who, who obviously knows the player, has, has been behind the bench with these players. Uh, so he has firsthand experience. Uh, and some of this I'm going to have to trust, uh, you know, until I actually see them on the ice when I'm standing behind the bench. Uh, obviously, I'm going to do a lot of uh, video work on, on players in the next uh, two or three months to try to get ahead of the curve, uh, get our system in place on how we want to play. Examples of, of things I've just talked about. Um, I want this game to be fun. I want these guys to have a lot of fun playing. But I want us to establish that we're going to be an extremely hardworking team, a team that plays with a lot of passion, a team that goes after the other team. Uh, I don't like when I see hesitation on the ice. I don't want a player to go to a certain area and think, should I go in, should I not go in? Uh, I want them, by the time we get ready to play our first game, to, to just play. Well, there's a few things I need to say. For starters, I applaud them for not trying to be – you know how you see you're at a bar or something and this old man comes into the bar trying to act like he's 20 years old, trying to relive his best years. So, yeah, at least he's not trying to do that because he's aware this team is young. He is aware that he has to do a lot of learning and he's aware that he just wants them to go out and play their best brand of hockey. And I agree with him. The one thing he and Coach Lavi have in common is that they don't want their players to be like deer in headlights. Watch the last episode on Friday to get where I was going that. So anyway, um, yeah, because when I was watching the highlights from the Sabres game, or not exactly highlights for the Devils, but anyway, when I was watching those highlights 
uh, in yesterday's episode, a lot of the defensive men looked like deer in headlights. Subban looked unsure. Mueller looked unsure. So, And the Sabres took advantage of that, and thus they blow them out the water. So that's the one thing I need from these Devils is that I need them to be 100% dedicated to a play. Don't look unsure. Don't look like deer in headlights. Just play it. You've been here before. I don't know what team I was watching in those Sabre highlights, but I know that was not the Devils. That's not the brand of hockey we're known for. Remember, this team was known for its defense, and now that's become our burden. That's what we need to get back to, and I really hope that Coach Ruff can really just mold the team more focused and more dedicated. I'm crossing my fingers. I really hope I'm wrong. I really hope I am wrong about this guy, and I really hope he can bring this team out the gutter because I really want to see my team succeed. How is Lindy Ruff from the last time he was a head coach to now different, or what in that time have you learned about that position, even though you've been in the league for so long because we're constantly evolving? I, you know, again, I, I, I think it's even more now than it was four or five years ago when I, when I left Dallas. It, it, it just is the, that interaction with the players. Uh, and whether it's myself, whether it's my, my assistants, uh, whether it's even some of Tom's interaction, I, I, think, I think they want to know that we're in it just as much as they're in it. And uh, for me, that's an exciting part, that if, if, if we can get that trust built right away, they'll know that uh, there might be that time where they may miss a shift or they may miss a couple shifts or they may get extra shifts, but they'll understand why and, and, and we go from there. All right, there it is. Amanda asked it. That was the million dollar question. How has Coach Ruff changed from his late Sabres days to his recent Dallas tenure? Well, I must say I was very disappointed in Ruff's answer. Ruff, if you are listening to this, no, 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 no. It's not a trust thing. Dude, come on. It's the system you run. Listen, you you have the utmost respect from most of the people in the NHL. You're one of the winningest coaches in NHL history. You've been a longtime Sabres coach. You've gone to the Stanley Cup. Yes, you didn't win it, but you still went. That's a lot more than a lot other people can say. It's not your trust. It's not the trust in your players. It's not the trust in this organization. It's your system that does not work. That's what you got you fired in Dallas. Do What more do I need to say? Look at the Rangers stats defensively. It's not a trust thing. It's your system. You've already earned my respect as being one of the winningest coaches in NHL history. You want to gain my trust? Change your system. Be adaptable. That's what's been failing you the last few years. That's why you've been inconsistent in your playoff appearances. That's all I'm asking is, you want to gain my trust? You want to gain the players' trust? You want to gain the organization's trust? I know I just repeated myself, but I need to reiterate this. Then change your damn system. That's all I'm asking. So that way we could be more successful. Or is this just a temporary thing for you? You want to be the longtime devil's coach? Or is this just a temporary thing like I'm reading in some of the reports? Because it's starting to look that way. And I don't want to believe it because I don't want to be searching for a new head coach anytime soon. But if this is your attitude, if this is your mindset, you're going to be unemployed in a couple seasons, buddy. Okay, let's end this on a good note. Amanda, care to do the honors? Take it away. All right, finally, before I let you go, this is a unique experience. Everything's being done on Zoom. 
do you plan to have the whole team on one Zoom just to introduce yourself or maybe set up a couple of different ones for you to introduce yourself before everyone can meet in person? That's, a, that's an interesting question, whether I do them all at once or uh, I do them personally. Uh, you know, well, I, think, <laughs> I, I, think, I think both. I think we'll start maybe with if we can put together a call where we have everybody on. Uh, would be great. And then after that would be the the opportunity to build a relationship individually and reach out to each player. Because a lot of players, when they get in a big form, aren't comfortable saying too much. So a, a great chance for me to say hello uh, would be having them all there together. Well, Lindy, I really appreciate you taking this time. Welcome to the New Jersey Devils, and we're really excited to have you on board. Oh, I'm really excited to be there, and uh, I look forward to having a heck of a year. Thanks, Amanda. While I don't agree with what his priorities are in terms of trust and changing his system, I do have to admire what Ruff is doing. He's trying to build a trust and a culture in New Jersey because he understands that these young guys, they've experienced a lot of head coaches. This is like their third head coach in the past few years, so... He understands that he needs to build a trust and a respect from these young guys so that way they can be developed correctly and they can be integrated into the right system so that way we can get those big numbers that we are looking for from our young players. And like I said, I hope I'm wrong about this whole Lindy Ruff thing. I really want to be wrong because I want my team to do well. But if he's listening to this show or any of his advisors are listening to this show, just please tell him it's not a trust thing per se. It's more of a system thing so that way you can develop better in today's NHL and you don't lag behind the growth and development of, say, our worst performing number one first overall pick since the 90s, Jack Hughes. So just putting that out there. So anyways, you just heard the one-on-one on Lindy Ruff and his hiring with Amanda. And I gave you my personal takes on each answer. Now... Next week, we're going to look even deeper. We're going to look at a one-on-one on Tom Fitzgerald. And also next week, we are going to hear the opinions of someone who also had a say in this hiring. He is the executive vice president and advisor towards the Devils. He's also one of the best goalies to touch the rink. Here's Grossman with a wrist shot, and Bodor snatches it out of midair. Chan does a good job of getting it to Nichols. Has one goal already, the only one of the season. But Marty Broder fights through a screen. But watch this here now. Look at this here. Broder can't see any. Anything. And then look at this mitt. All he knows is it's coming over there somewhere. Marty going forward, catches it with the top of the webbing and makes a spectacular save. That's right. We'll hear the opinions of Marty Brodeur as he did have a say in this hiring. We'll see what his mindset was and maybe he'll give some insight on Tom Fitzgerald. Tom Fitzgerald, I don't know if I've mentioned it on this podcast, was hired full-time GM for the Devils and that interim tag was removed off. So he is completely running this show. So we'll also get a one-on-one, as I said, of him and his opinions on this hiring and also his plans for the future next week. And I hope you guys tune in and listen to that because I believe I'm going to have so much fun making those sets of episodes so i'm curious to know more and i'll give you guys my reaction and in-depth analysis of all those one-on-ones uh so keep an ear out so i hope you guys enjoyed this episode i hope to hear you guys next week the locked on podcast we are back to our five day episode schedule Yeah, that's going to be a little hard, but you know what? We're soldiers and we're going to push through it and we're always going to find something to talk about and just bring you guys the news of your favorite team. Anyways, thanks for listening, New Jersey. Stay safe and have a great day.